Yeah, talking about liquidiv.com, promo code Nooners at checkouts. You see us drinking it on the show every single day. Where would we be, Japes, without Liquid IV in our lives? Dehydrated, we'd have headaches, we'd be tired, yeah. exhausted. Yep. Not be able to get through the day, get through work. We'd be sick all the time. I'd be hungover. <laughs> Every single day. Love the liquid IV. Liquid IV hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks out there, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. It's just a little tiny stick full of powder. Pop it in 16 ounces of water. You're good to go. What's your reckon, Jabes? Double or triple hydrated? I would say double. I'd say triple. What? Nay. I'll say triple today. Huge fan of Liquid IV. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration. With Liquid IV, get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code Nooners at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code Nooners at liquidiv.com. Yeah! Talking about expressvpn.com slash Nooners. Love ExpressVPN. You've got to have a VPN in today's world or you're not living your life right, brother. People are going to start stealing your passwords, all your bank info, everything. And I know most of you are probably thinking, uh, why don't you just use incognito mode? Let me tell you something. Incognito mode doesn't hide your activity. Doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can see every single website you've ever visited. That's why when I'm at home, I never go online without using Express VPN. Huge fan. I've had it for years. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. It runs seamlessly in the background uh, of all my computers and my laptops and my phones, and it's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, like I was saying, phones, computers, uh, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you not to be using it right now. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Mashable. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash nooners, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash nooners. Expressvpn.com slash nooners. Head there to learn more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ross Patterson Revolution! Brought to you by BlackRifleCoffee.com
Welcome to Ross Patterson Revolution. For the last few weeks, we've been talking about uh, border security, the immigration issue, and uh, more specifically, children being torn away from their families at the border, allegedly. Uh, a lot of these pictures are from 2014 that we're seeing. Uh, a lot of the motives are unknown. And, and, and again, the reason why I say allegedly is our, our guest tonight uh, worked on Border Patrol for years. And we finally, we finally got somebody to, to come on the show uh, and talk about what's really happening. And in a lot of these cases, uh, and you'll hear it out of his mouth, um, some of these parents are just sending their children over by themselves. Since they are undocumented, you don't really know where they came from, what their real names are, or, or who their family members are. So a lot of these cases that are being reported on the news of these children being ripped away from families, some of the families are just sending their children over by themselves. This, this was obviously a, a, a big hot-button topic, and still is, um, but I, I wanted to get to the bottom of it. I wanted to learn for myself and understand more. Like I said, we've been getting a lot of emails from uh, Border Patrol agents who, who are working down there and saying, hey, man, here's my story. Here's what's really going on. I want to talk about it. And then a lot of them backed out at the last minute, like five or six, who were afraid to come on air for fear of, of losing their job. And I totally understand that across the board. Uh, so I, no hard feelings at all. Uh, one, of, one of my best friends and my, one of my old co-hosts on Drinking Bros Podcast, our sister show, is, is Vincent Rocco Vargas. He's worked at the border for years and uh, has now become a big Hollywood actor. I, I didn't think he would want to talk about it, to be honest with you. Um, so if you're asking why wasn't he your first thought to go to, it was. But, I, you know, to, to be fair, with everything that he's got going on in his life, I didn't know if he'd have the time and or want to talk about this now, especially when he's about to be starring on a, on a mega show uh, this fall, The Mayans, on FX. Uh, he called me up and said, hey, I'm concerned for what my brothers and sisters who are, are working at the border are going through um, you know, with the agents and, and ICE and all that shit. And he goes, I actually want to talk about what's going on. And I think you know, I can do it in a, in a fair and just way that uh, it's not a negative portrayal. He, he just wanted, wants to stand up for, for, for his people and then what's going on down there at the border. And uh, the fascinating thing about Rocco is this. He is part Hispanic. Um, uh, he's, he's actually not Hispanic, but he's, he's half Puerto Rican and half Mexican. And uh, his, his parents did kim, come in over the border. Uh, so who better to talk to about this issue than, you know, somebody who is an immigrant himself of, of immigrant parents and uh, actually worked as, you know, a border patrol agent. Um, so, so Rocco's here. We did this show on, on Drinking Bros the other day. I, I feel that it's really, really important. And I wanted to do a crossover episode and, and put it up on Ross Patterson Revolution as well. This way, you can be more informed in conversations or, you know, things you see on the media or on TV, and you can make an informed decision based on, you know, somebody who actually lived it and worked there and is still friends with a lot of people in Border Patrol. Uh, but first, before we get into that conversation with Rocco, uh, we have some sponsors who pay for this whole shit to be on the air. First and foremost, talking about BlackRifleCoffee.com. Black Rifle Coffee is a premium roast-to-order coffee. Uh, it's fresh. They bag it up 
in in house and uh, ship it out straight to you. They got K cups, they got bags. Uh, their apparel is second to none. One of the greatest companies out there. They're they're veteran owned and uh, god damn it, they just do it right across the board. Um, it's my favorite coffee. I have a a, a subscription of the month. It's a coffee club of the month. Uh, program already dialed in on auto pay. So I don't worry about it every month. And uh, it just gets shipped to my house on the same date of every single month. And it's about $4 cheaper than Costco. If you're going out and buying bags in bulk or K cups in bulk. And uh, I highly recommend it. It's the tastiest coffee I've ever had. I've ever had uh, go to blackriflecoffee.com, Type in the promo code revolution for a one-time use of 20% off at blackriflecoffee.com. Next up is my book. Uh, talking about when darkness falls, he doesn't catch it. It is the sequel to At Night She Cries While He Rides His Steed. Ugh, we are so close to that New York Times bestseller list, I can taste it. Um, again, somewhere in the 1900 copy range. Uh, we're at now, we're, we're at about 30 days here. Uh, 30 days left, people. I need you, if you haven't gone out and pre-ordered it, I need you to do it now. Uh, pre-order the book um, that is the, the best and easiest way I can make it to the New York Times bestseller list. All of these pre-sales count towards opening day. Um, then it starts over again the week after. So I, I really need this to happen opening week because uh, going to try to do it week by week afterwards, it's hard for any author to sell that amount of books in one week. But these are all counting towards the first week. So I, I greatly appreciate it. Please go out to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and buy when darkness falls, he doesn't catch it. Uh, funniest book ever written. It's the craziest shit of all time. So if you want to see crazy comedy out in this world, this is your one chance to to do it and, and try to get this shit mainstream or else uh, eh, there's not going to be any more comedies anymore that are any good. I can promise you that. Uh, next up, we got StrikeForceEnergy.com. Strikeforce Energy has been our day one homie. Not a side chick. Not a side chick. They've been our, our, our day one gal from the get-go. They got four amazing flavors. Talking about original, orange, uh, make America grape again, and lemon. Just a little bit of lemon. Uh, great for your summertime cocktails. Goes really great with vodka. Uh, highly recommend it. And uh, you can kick the can, kids. You don't need Red Bull or Kickstarter or Monster or any of that bullshit. Uh, this is a tasty, tiny little tin pouch. You rip it open, squeeze it into any liquid available, and you're good to go. Lasts longer than five-hour energy. They got a 10-pack, a 40-pack, and a 750-milliliter bottle that rests on your bar top or countertop. And you can just boom, boom, pop a couple of squirts in and go. Also, on the back of the 750-milliliter bottles, they've got uh, drink suggestions. So you can make some, uh, some drinks with it, and it's right on the back of the bottle, which is fucking dope. Go to StrikeForceEnergy.com, type in the promo code REVOLUTION for 20% off, and that's good every time. Oh, yeah. Uh, next up, we've got straightrazors.com. When Jesse's not on the show, this disappoints me because uh, she, she does it the best. So I'm going to have to do it uh, for her. Uh, ooh, that's a clean cut. Smooth. You like it? Uh, try to do her justice. She, she does it the best. And I know you guys are always looking forward to it. Straightrazors.com is, uh, the place to be for all your fucking manly needs. Talking about, uh, beard oils, mustache waxes, conditioners, the best razors on the planet. If you're worried about using a straight razor, uh, they got the safety razor. So you can start there and then, then work your way up. But the, look, the safety razor is the same as your normal razor. Uh, but the blade is better. So it lasts longer. You don't have to replace it as much. And, uh, 
they've got some of the finest shaving products on the planet. Um, and again, they got like shampoos and conditioners for dudes and all that shit. It's, it, it is sincerely one of the, the greatest companies and, and finest shaving products you will ever get. Go to straightrazors.com and use the promo code REVOLUTION for 20% off. Try a bottle of their aftershave. Try that smolder. I use it every fucking day. It's my favorite. Um, next up, we've got grillyourassoff.com. Ooh, Billy, Billy, Billy. You know that I love Grill Your Ass Off. Uh, their jerky is, is what is just tearing me apart, Lisa. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. And whoever gets that reference is from the room. Congratulations. We're probably new best friends. Uh, this is 100% American beef, kids. They got four amazing flavors, salt and pepper, sweet and spicy. Sweet and spicy is my fucking jam, my jam by the way. Uh, original and cowboy. Uh, or you can get the four-pack. It's called the All-American Pack, and uh, four-packs for 25 bucks. They also have a subscription in the month club, and trust me, when you have this jerky, you're going to want that fucking subscription. I have already ordered it because I, I have a sickness towards it, and everybody said it's like the best beef jerky uh, that they've ever had, I, and I agree. They've also got steak seasonings, chicken seasonings, pork seasonings, you name it, everything you need uh, for the grilling season. They got you covered at grillyourassoff.com. Use the promo code REVOLUTION for 15% off. That's good all the time. And yet yet another veteran-owned company, along with our our last sponsor, uh, woodburnedwarriors.com. Tonight's an audio show because we were calling Rocco from his car. And... uh, in Los Angeles, he was kind enough to do the show. Um, so you're not going to get to see the lovely uh, billboard behind me, which they made. Um, handcrafted in wood. Um, another veteran-owned company that that puts some of the finest craftsmanship. If you're looking for like a nice piece for your living room, uh, your office, uh, go to woodburnedwarriors.com. Check out all of their shit. All of this is like laser-printed hand engraved it's like the finest quality you can ever get and it's it's our new set piece in the background for ross patterson revolution and uh that, look they they put american flags they can put your kids uh anybody you want um fuck you can get harambe in there if you want or oj simpson who cares go to woodburnwarriors.com check out all their artwork i mean shit dude they did the sign on the set and it's it's the best man big fans of those guys uh, and can't thank them enough for being on the show. Again, Revolution is the promo code at woodburnwarriors.com for 15% off. And that's a big savings there as well. Let's hop into the show. One of the most important shows I feel that I've ever done uh, in my podcast, my personal podcast history. And uh, it was great to learn about what's really going on at the border. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Vincent Rocco. Vargas. <laughs> Welcome back, Rocco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are you, buddy? Good, man. Good. I feel like I was just here the other day, so it feels good to be back. You were. You were. Look, fuck. We, we'd love to have you on every single goddamn episode if we could. You're too, you're too busy being a fucking movie star. I, I keep seeing the promos for the Mayans. This is incredible, yeah, man. man. Oh, it's getting exciting, dude. It's getting Every time it comes on, it's cool to see my kids see it. And how excited they get, it just you know, there's a little sense of pride deep in there that says, "Fuck yeah, man, it's really cool." So I'm excited. No lie, man. I so I saw the first teaser, and it was uh, painted black by the, the Rolling Stones in Spanish, and then all the the roses turned into black, and I was like, "Oh fuck, dude!" I mean, yeah. I got I got chills watching it. I can't imagine what you thought watching it. It is just, uh, I you know, I guess I'm still just waiting for it to come out, and then I'll, I think that's when it's all going to kind of sink in. 
Yeah, let me ask you, are you, are you nervous of like, do you start going over in your mind every night what you've shot and wondering if it's going to make it or not? Yeah, I think that's exactly it. You want to know, you know, in your head, you're, you're hoping you did the best part, you know, and, and two, you're hoping it makes film. And, and then three, that it's received by the viewers. You know, I think every actor, you know, what I've been learning is that you want to be well received. And if you are, well, then you have better opportunities of being a follow on character and continue on throughout the series. So I'm really hoping I'm just well received, man. Yeah. And, and I will say this, like I, I wouldn't judge it by the lines or the amount of dialogue you have in a script. Um, I, I would, I, I would judge it based on your overall performance. Cause again, man, it, you know, finding the camera and the way you look in, in the background and all that shit during a lot of scenes and your facial expressions will also determine yeah, like yeah. how far you go. And a lot of people don't know that they'll look at a script and be like, Oh man, I don't have as many lines as so-and-so. Fuck, I must be fucked. And it's like, that's not always the case, man. It could be, no. you know, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're one emotion can, can tell the story of the whole scene and people don't get that. Like one fucking look can be like, Holy shit. There's something going down. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you won't, you won't know it until it comes out. Um, but right. there was, there was a character actor I worked with named Bruce McGill, who's fucking fantastic. And, uh, he's been in every movie under the sun. He was the one who taught me that a, a long time ago. And I was like, shit. Um, he also said, he goes, look, if you look at me in every scene I'm in, the reason I've been hired so many times over, over my, the course of my career is I'm always in it, whether or not I have dialogue or not. Um, I'm That's always exactly acting in that scene. And I was just like, shit, he's right. Um, and, no, and that's exactly when I get that compliment from some of my counterparts, it's like, okay, cool. I'm doing my job because you also want to give them the feeling. So they do better at their part. Right. You know what I mean? You yeah. always want to be live for them. I'm, I'm always, I'm always, every time I say action, I'm trying to do a hundred percent for them as much as myself. And so, uh, you know, and the other guys appreciate that shit, man. And that goes a long way. Yeah. And, and it will forever. Never forget that. We, we were talking about Robert De Niro the other day, getting up on top of the, you know, the Tony saying, fuck Trump. And, yeah. um, I can tell you personally, like, dude, that guy hasn't been acting with other actors in 20 years. They'll make him, he, he makes everybody shoot their close-ups. Uh, De Niro's close-ups first and then they'll bounce so uh, all the other actors are stuck either reading with a script supervisor or a tennis ball it's tough dude it's Ooh, tough. You know, boy like, when he did that I was like oh man oh man it's, you know it's funny you know I never I don't post political shit I, I try not to jump on that because me I'm, either I'm yeah the, I, it's almost the same as like religion like I don't need to tell anyone my religion it's a, it, you know it's mine that's yeah. my shit to worry about right and same political that, that's my belief you know what I mean? And and I never feel like I want to impose my beliefs on anyone else because, you know, you get the freedom to do whatever the fuck you want. When 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 we have these actors that now are are the 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 voices of political agendas, it is it is a scary world, dude, because I would wish that they would just continue to do their thing as entertainers and entertain and, and not jump into that world. Because for me, it just dilutes it. And it's like, come on, man, don't ruin such a beautiful thing we have in entertainment and making it a political freaking charade. I know. And somebody asked me about that the other day. They were like, well, look, you talk about politics on your podcast. And I was like, yeah, but it's my podcast. It, people have to choose to, to listen to that. Whereas, you know, well, if you, the same as me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some dude, some dude emailed me the other day. He goes, dude, you sound so unintelligent because you cuss every other fucking word. I was like, yeah. That's me. That's my fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah. And if you were going to sit there at a fucking bar drinking a beer with me, I'm going to cuss every fucking word because that's me. And that's what I want the people to listen to my podcast. I want them to feel that. 
Exactly. I'm gonna give him some fucking smoke and mirrors, goddamn show. It's me. Yeah. So it's just so it's like when it's my show, that's that's what I want you to see. <laughs> yeah, and it's hard it's hard to describe that to people where you're just like, hey man, like I'm doing this for free. It's it's me and a microphone on a stage and yeah. that's it. Exactly. And when it when it becomes work, I don't want to do that shit no more. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. That po- that podcast, you know why I don't put it out every fucking Friday? Because I don't give a fuck enough to put it out every Friday, because I want to make sure what I put out, I'm proud about. Yeah. And I'm so busy. I'm like, when you get another podcast, it's because I took the time to do it because I felt like doing it. I don't want it to feel like work. That's why I stopped even worrying about sponsors on that shit because I'm like, look, I don't want to disappoint you fucking sponsors, but I, I just want to put out shit when I feel good about it. Yeah. And, or, and else, or else it's work. Exactly. Or, or else you don't enjoy what you're doing. It becomes a burden. And then the fucking audience knows it where they're just like, ah, great. And uh, that's the thing. Drinking Bros podcast was awesome for all of us because it was our time to shut off all the other bullshit. And just be able to chill with the boys and bullshit, right? Yeah, yeah. I, so. I, 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 that's what I enjoy most about the show still to this day is, dude, that's an hour out of my day or an hour and a half or whatever it ends up being where it's just like, eh, we're just going to talk about fucking nonsense and then move on about our days. Maybe we'll talk about opinions that really matter to us. Um, you know, the reason I, I, I called you, uh, you know, to, to, to come on the show was simply for that reason, too, of like, man... I'm seeing a lot of shit and we were, we're getting tons of emails about this border issue that's going on right now. And I've talked to maybe four or five border security or, or border patrol members, I guess you would say, you'll know the term better than me. And, and yeah. they've expressed interest in coming on the show and then they've, they've dipped at the last moment. And I was like, well, fuck man, I, Rocco was in the border patrol. Like I, let's just call Rocco. Yeah, dude. That's the thing is like, I mean, I would hope, it's just a fine line. You don't want to fuck with your career, man. Speaking out on on something that's so uh, edgy right now, it's so controversial. They could potentially lose their career, and you just don't want to be a part of that because that's a great career field, man. It really is. And so it's like that's kind of why I spoke up and gave. I did a small video on my personal Facebook, not my entertainer Facebook, but my personal one. Which I which I loved, by the way. I, I watched that Thank video, you. and and that's uh, literally after I saw that is when I called you. I was like, ah, shit, man, like. Dude, this is one guy who's get it, who who gets it, and he's coming from a genuine place. And you have a perspective like no one else will have because you fucking lived it. Yeah, and the, and then the other thing I posted on the entertainer page a picture that was from my time when serving as a border agent on the border. And this picture was not me. A lot of guys thought it was me. It's it wasn't. But yeah, and that's the thing is like I wanted them to see there's humanity in what we do. The border agents are are honestly have nothing really to do with the argument at hand. Because what a border agent eventually really does is you apprehend him and you bring him into process. And then it's kind of a handoff to ICE. And, and then the next, I think the other one, I forget the other one that holds him as well. But that's really the process of what the border has. So the border honestly only has uh, them in custody for, I would say, no more than five hours until they've already been picked up and transported to ICE and continue on with the immigration process. And so it's like people were I saying border trains were nazis or identifying them. yeah i was like wait the fuck a minute man like look i don't care what you believe politically and all this other stuff but like in the all if you knew break down the jobs there's different uh job sets for each immigration um i guess fucking D- department branch yeah department exactly yeah. so you have border patrol you have customs you have ice and then you have, I think it's called HSI or HH, something like that. And, and I can't, again, I don't, I don't even, I can't even tell you what it is, but everyone has their specific job skill sets. 
And so when people are saying, they're just kind of pinning it on Border Patrol because it's probably the most well-known name out there and the well, most well-known job. Yeah. Uh, it, it hurt my heart a little bit to watch my boys in green getting all shit on when I know what we do. When I've seen that little girl was sent from Guatemala alone with nothing but a paper in her hand and her parents' phone number on it. Man, what and, and what do you what do you do in a situation like that? So, because a lot of people don't understand this, like uh, Trump talked about it the other day, where he's like, "Look, a lot of these kids are coming alone," and I think as Americans, that's a hard thing to understand because you know you would never leave your shit your child or send your child out alone to do something see, extremely right. dangerous. But you know, it's funny is like we can say that as Americans because we also essentially live a life that is very privileged and we're, we're blessed to be shit. We are blessed to be a part of this. And, and I would never send my kids into that, but I can say that also knowing that I'm not in a position where we're extremely broke and poor and we live in this poverty. And so like they, do they have a reason? I, I obviously they felt they had enough reason to send their kid because they wanted to seek the dream of being an American and, and everything else. Um, do I fault them for that? Like, you know what? That's none of my fucking business. What they do. I think it's sad, but it's not my kid. So I stay in my lane. But at the same time, it's like there, I understand, I guess I can say it's hard to say, I guess I'm empathetic to the, to the, to the situation. They want their kid to be here in America for the better opportunity, but they're willing to risk their kid's life because of whatever conflicts they're dealing with in their country fucking crazy but you know what i can't even speak on that because i don't know it right it's just not where i'm not I, I don't know anything about that but i can say this when they come here across the river and they're by themselves us border traders we take care of them we give them the water from our fucking trucks we bring water with our in our trucks we usually bring water just for illegals there's a whole fucking water bottle in there a whole water jug right just for illegals and we catch them we, we search them, we do the whole thing, make sure we're safe, make sure it's a safe environment. And then we say, hey, get us all boom, 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 boom. You start handing them water. And then you honestly only give them a little bit of water because most of them are so dehydrated. You give them one fucking bottle of water, they're puking in your truck because they're so dehydrated. They can't sip on it. They can't drink that much water. And, and that's a fact. You ask any border traders, you don't give them a whole fucking bottle of cold water. They'll fucking puke because they've been walking for fucking days on end dehydrated like motherfuckers you let them sip on their water say sip on it don't drink it fast you're gonna get sick and then you give them food because if you have it in your truck you give them it who gives a fuck i'm gonna be at the station in a fucking hour anyways these guys haven't eaten in days but especially kids i've carried kids on my shoulders fucking on the way back to the truck to get them into the truck to an air-conditioned vehicle to get them back to the station to process them to give them a juice to give them some to give them a, a, a candy bar and freaking uh in a in a meal but, like, the world doesn't see that because they've turned something that's been happening for years and years on end since the Obama administration. Yeah. That and they want to it's just it's just a weird time right now. Like, I'm not I, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm for or against Trump. That's no one else's business. But this I'm not here to look for reasons why to hate Trump. I'll tell you that much, because that's what it seemed like the media tried to do here was just looking for a reason. And I'm like, well, that's not the reason you lo you missed the mark there because this has been in place since the Obama administration. Yeah. And, 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 and a lot of those photos they've been, you know, passing around on social media are from 2014. So with the kids in cages and the, the tinfoil yeah. blankets and all that stuff, like, yeah, it, and what it, happened there, 
I was in the Border Patrol at that time, Ross. And what happened there was that we had this crazy influx of kids coming across the border. They called family units. And we could not house them at the rate that they were coming across. It was a fucking invasion, if you will. And using that in light, the term lightly, sure. I'm saying they were coming across in record fucking numbers that we had no place to put them. You're not going to put them in a hotel. They still have to do the immigration process. You're not going to just put them out there in the street because they still have to get documented and put through the system. And so you had you had no other place to put them but in the holding facilities. And you give them a little bed and you're like, you got to wait here for a couple hours. I'm sorry until ICE picks you up and puts you in better. But then ICE was getting overswamped. They started getting so overran that they started having to create these housings for these kids. It became insane for us in 2014. 2013 and 14, I think it was more in the, in, in the middle of 14 all the way into 15, it was almost an overrun of illegal immigrant families. Why? That's the question. Was because they knew that there was some kind of loop around the system. If their kids got processed here, if they claimed a political asylum, they can get uh, ability to stay here in the United States of America. Which, again, hey, that, if they want to do it that way, that's on them. No big deal. We have to do our part to do our do to do due diligence and see if it's true or not. Yeah. But they, this is what happens in immigration from the beginning of time. You find a loophole in the system, you try and beat that, and you try and become a citizen. Okay, cool. Some people get it, some people don't. But that's all that happened. And then people were complaining about all these kids. You know what happens? There's a thing called a, a notice to appear. I sent you an article about that. Yeah, I, I, a- I read that article. It was unbelievably fascinating, and, and it also got buried in the media. Like, no it one has shared was, that article whatsoever except for you. It's the most accurate article you can find because it talks about – let's not talk about whether it's a good thing or bad thing. Let's just talk about policies that are in place and, and what and us as agents have to uphold them. That's all it is, Right. Right. You come across uh, it, the border. It was 100% facts in there. There was no political agenda, nothing. It was simply stating, here's the process, what happens when you come into yeah. the country illegally and what ICE and Border Patrol and everybody else has to go through stepwise um, in order to process these people and get them on to the, the next place. And, I, dude, yeah. I was baffled, man. I, I couldn't believe it. Well, people don't realize, hey, if you're, in a, if you're in a United States citizen, you cross the border not at a port of entry, you broke the law. Yeah. If you go into Mexico and party your your ass off in fucking Tijuana and decide like, hey, fuck it, let's cross the border illegally. Yeah, you broke the law. You're going to you can't go across the borderline without going to a port of entry. And so it's like so soon as someone breaks that law. okay, now you've broken a law and now we have to bring you in to process you. Now, at that time, if they process say they want to claim political asylum. Okay, that's not us. We're border agents. All we do is process you, and we say, hey, they're claiming political asylum. Sounds good. When ICE picks them up, they they go ahead and file them and intake, and they decide what their status is. And that will be waited for the immigration judge to determine at that time. But, like, that's what the world's missing. Like, there's a chain of custody that happens, and somehow it got put all in the border patrol as if they're the fucking assholes. Like, no, I think the border patrols are the best humanitarians you have on the border. We're trying to stop drugs, and we're trying to help families. My job in 2013 was nothing in the summertime in fucking the border of, of Texas and South Texas was not do nothing but to find lost illegals before they dehydrated and died. We had an average of almost 20-something die a fucking summer. Man. Because, because here's the sad part, Ross. Everyone wants to think, like, these families are getting led across by good people. Sometimes they're just being led across to decoy for drugs to go another way. 
And so when these bodies get scattered because they don't want to get caught, right? Then they get lost in the middle of a fucking desert, bro. It don't even take a day for any of them to die. And they get so dehydrated and they die and we can't even find them. So I'm out there tracking. And sometimes you come up on, I've come up, Braun Ross, a dead body, a female who was undressed because she got lost her mind. She tried to take off more clothes and spelled out with sticks. Help me. You're kidding me. Bro, that's what I'm talking about. But the fucking world doesn't understand. Like all my job was, was to try and fucking search and rescue. That's what Borstar is. Borstar, Borstar was Border Patrol. Search yeah. and rescue. Search, trauma, rescue. And so I was out there. I'd deploy. I'd find some, some tracks, and I'd track it for fucking miles all the way to a dead body because they're dehydrated. Because they were fooled by a coyote that they were going to be taken to the right place. Instead, they were thrown right into the mix so Border Patrol would chase them. So that was a decoy to open up another location for drugs to get through. Fuck, man. In, in all it's of, so fucked. I know. In, in all of these cases, what would you say the percentage is, uh, is, is regarding who's coming in for the right reasons, who's coming in for the wrong reasons? I, I would probably say it's honestly probably around 50-50, dude. It really is. Like, you do see the mothers and the kids, you know, that are just... They just want to work. The guys that just want to work. And then you see a few that you can tell they have, they've had prior backgrounds. You even run their records like, oh, this guy's wanted for murder. Oh, this guy's freaking, you know, like he, he killed someone in DUI. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's all these cases. It's a 50-50. And with those odds, how can you even fuck with it? You have to get, you have to snag them all up, man, because you don't want to run the risk of allowing someone in here that doesn't need to be. And that's the hardest part, being Latino, being a Mexican, half Puerto Rican person working that job. I get it. There's empathy that's there. I feel really bad because I understand what they want. But I also know there is a process that's healthier, that's safer, that's, that's, that's done better. Is, is immigration need to be fixed? I think it does. I think there's got to be – I think we need better education across the border. So they would understand how to process the right way. I think that's what needs to happen because they're losing a lot of money paying people to, to, to traffic them across the border. But at the same time, if they use that money to apply correctly, they probably get in within a few years legally and actually start the process of naturalization. But again, it's just knowing the process, it's just hard to watch. And so I don't, I don't know. It's so dangerous in what they're doing, but they're doing it because they want a fucking better life. But is it worth risking your kid's fucking life? Oh, fuck, dude. Yeah, that, and, and that's what I brought up the other day on social media when I was on Twitter and somebody hit me up about it. And I said, look, there's got to be some responsibility on the parents' side. Like, you're a dad. You're a great dad. You're always posting about your, your children on social media. Uh, I love my child more than life itself. There is no fucking way I would risk any point of separation of crossing the border, if I knew that I could possibly lose my child, even for a couple hours, let alone yeah. days or yeah, months, I like well, I, well, I wouldn't risk that. You know what happened back in the day, like back in the day of my grandparents, you know, my grandfather would, you know, great grandfathers, whoever the case was, they would come across, they'd work their ass off. They'd work as a migrant worker. They'd work in these, you know, these really hard jobs for, for just pennies on a dime. Right. And then they would, send it back home you know what i mean and and this was a very common thing and a lot of immigration a lot of immigrants would do this they'd work their ass off here in america and they'd send it back home to the family that was safe right yep and for somehow the the immigration laws policies changed 
and which made it smarter to try and attempt to get your kids over because your kids can gain either immunity or political asylum or or even just become citizens because of whatever case. Yeah. And then those kids can apply to get their parents here as citizens after. And so once that kind of system got figured out, that little loophole, I believe that's why you started seeing the influx of kids coming in. That's why you have an influx of people saying political asylum. Like they want to claim political asylum, but like that's actually not really true based on what they believe it is. It's actually what we we have a list and reasons what countries would be claiming political asylum and for what reasons. And if you don't fall within those reasons, then you don't have political asylum. You, we won't be granted political asylum. You know, like people come here because – uh, you know, obviously they come here because their country's probably poor and they're not, they can't find a job and all these things and completely understandable, but that doesn't mean that they can claim political asylum because it doesn't fall within the, the, you know, the laws and rules of what that determined. So that's the problem is someone told them, Hey, just go claim political asylum. And, and they started doing it and some would get through and some not. And so it became this kind of like, it's the crazy thing how the wave of information happens on the border because it's really good. I don't know what they use for communication, but everyone finds out the new loophole and everyone starts to push across. And they start using that new con- that sense where whether it was the kids at one point, now it's political asylum. Next month, it's going to be fucking something else. And, and it's just kind of how it happens on the border. It's like these waves of communication. They, they drop some knowledge on what the next loophole is in the system. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I, I find it interesting that a lot of these people are claiming political asylum, but w- what kind of political climate is going on in a country like Guatemala that prevents you from, like, it's not a dictatorship, it's not a communist country. So, yeah, get, dude, I don't know. So I know that at one point El Salvadorians could claim political asylum because there was a lot of, I believe, there was some kind of conflict going on there at one point, and that was probably early on, that was sometime in 2010, I believe, to 12. Um, but again, it has to be something in that country that dictates the reason to claim political asylum. And if it's not, well, just because you want a better life doesn't fit the bill on what they say does. And so that's where people are getting misunderstood. They're coming here from fucking Guatemala, dog. They're coming here from Honduras and they're like, political asylum. It's like, uh, it's just not how it's not that easy. Right, you know? right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's not a you can't just come from any other country and say, oh, political asylum. Like there's a few there's communist countries where you could probably get away with that. Um, but, right, right. But yeah. not some of Cuban, those. And, and but that Cubans that, at one point, Cubans at one point were able to do that. Remember yeah, they were all coming across. Absolutely. They were they, they were landed, coming in boats, they, duct taping themselves. To, land, yeah. As soon as they landed on fucking um, United States turf, they can claim it. Boom. Yeah. And they were granted. Yeah, it was uh, it was called what uh, like dry the dry land clause or, or I forget what the name of the bill was. But uh, I had a buddy in the military, bro, who was Cuban, who made a raft, and he, two of his friends jumped off the raft because they didn't think they'd make it, and they fucking drowned to death. And he kept fucking he kept boating away. Eventually, he ends up with the keys and he swims his ass while you're getting chased by the fucking coast guard. And he lands on sea. Boom. Now he claimed political asylum and he fucking got granted. And then he fucking went and joined the military, and became an army ranger. <laughs> no you shit. You fucking believe? No, I fucking can't. Amazing. Uh, amazing. By the way, that clause was called wet foot, dry foot, um, and it was yeah. for Cubans. So that, that's what it was. You, you, you hop out, and as long as you're on dry land here in, in the United States, uh, you're fine. The the mystery that that it, it will still I, I can't get over, and maybe you can explain this better than I can. Every other country I've been to in the world has such a strict 
process of when you land there or, or, or go to that country, they want a passport, they want ID. And, and typically you have to fill out a form of what you brought over as far as packing fruits, uh, any type of food items, clothes. Um, and, and then they want to know what you're doing there. We don't have any of that here. No, I know, dude. It's, it's a weird thing. I don't understand it. Yeah, because I, I mean, look, I, I've been to like you know, I, fuck, you know, France, uh, all you know, all through Europe, the Caribbean, like every single country has been like, hey, man, I mean, fuck, even in Jamaica, uh, you you can't even leave with like a roach or something on you, where it's just like, hey, it's Jamaica. No, it's not. You're going to jail. Um, uh, it didn't look. It didn't happen to me, but it happened to a friend of mine, and it was it was one of those things where I was just like, all right, shit. These countries are really strict. You would never think that until you go there. Why are why don't we have the same policies as other countries? It just seems you know insane to me. You know, here's the weirdest thing. I, what I think why people have so much hard, like it's so hard for people to take the fact that we have to really protect our borders, not from just illegal immigrants, but from terrorism, from everything. Right? People have a problem with it. I believe it because America has always been based on. Like no one really originated here besides the Indians, besides probably some of a lot of the Mexicans and the Indians. Right. And the, oh, absolutely. And, and so I think it's kind of the mindset of like, fuck, dude, it was ours before. Why can't we just fucking creep on over? But but it's 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 a hard concept, dude. It's a weird thing to understand. Like the United States is a very young country. And so I think we're still just trying to figure out what is right and wrong, you know, and and me personally being of Hispanic descent, like I get shit on all the time. People were fucking dogging me on social media saying, you're a fucking traitor. You're a fucking, you know, all this. And I'm like, I'm like, no, man, I'm really fucking not right. Like I love my culture more than anything. I believe, you know, I always raise my kids to understand their Mexican culture and their Puerto Rican culture and, and really never forget where we came from. I wish I fucking spoke fluent Spanish and everything, but you know what? I live in America. I'm a Mexican American, but I'm a fucking American 100 fucking percent. That's why I serve this country and I believe in it. And at some point we do have to protect our borders. Like we just do. I don't know what that looks like. My sister's like, do you really think we should build a wall? I said, I fuck, I, I, I don't see why not. I don't see why we wouldn't. What does it hurt? Same. Yeah. Come across. Yeah. What, you know what I mean? It's like, you're not keeping me in. I'll get the fuck out if I want to. And we're not keeping anyone really out if they want to come in. They want to come in. They're going to fucking jump that goddamn wall. But maybe you do deter some people to be like, you know what? Let's go to the port of entry and do it the right way. You know what I mean? Like, maybe you do. Maybe you save more lives from fucking jumping across and dying out there in the fucking heat. Ross, you'll come up to people that have been out there for 15 days and they're already bones, bro. Just bones. Oh, boy. It's like, it's, it's a hard thing to watch. Like I said, I'm empathetic to the to the situation. I get what they want to do, but there's also like it's such a risk, man. And, and they don't know if the the trafficking organization they use is using them to push drugs or what. It's just a it's a really ugly, ugly thing, man. Yeah, the world is, you know, I, it's terrible. And like, uh, let me ask you this: Is there warning signs on the other side of the border saying, "Hey, guys, here's what you're gonna go through"? Like. Uh, if no, you man. attempt to cross, so there's not. No, I, I, and again, I can't say, I guarantee, I can't, I can't say like, I, I know for a fact there isn't, but I know they try and do it. I think we need to have a better position in educating them. Us as the United States should educate in Mexico, in South America, saying, hey, um, here's how you can do it legally, and this would be a lot easier process. Than doing it illegally and hurting your chances of doing it the right way down the road. 
Yeah, I, I just think that that's still more money from the government, and I don't think the and government. Yeah, the government doesn't you know want to put that. You know how much money we're spending on? You know how much money we're spending on just housing illegal immigrants while they go through their case? No, it's insane. I, I, it's insane. I, I, I can only imagine. There are full prisons dedicated just to immigration. They get oh, three hot meals a day. They get free medical. And again, hey, it is what it is. That's the system we provided. We 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 decided to do that as per our policies. But understand. Maybe we can rotate our policies a little bit to focus on education instead of prison. Yeah, and, dude, I, and, I, and I again, this was yeah, and again, not to interrupt you, but th- this was a long time ago, right? Like, th- like yeah. this wasn't just Trump. This was this no. was yeah. Fuck no, yeah. dude. This was when I was a prison guard for CCA. CCA had certain prisons that were just all national. Uh, they call them freaking Mexican nationals. All of them was immigration. They would all sit there and waiting for the immigration judge. Some guys are in there appealing their case for years. I'm talking two, three years. And they're making money by making these little baskets and they're selling it at home and they're fucking got the three hot meals. And they're just there appealing their case as long as they can because they want us. They're seeking asylum. And then it falls through. Nope, they get deported. So then you'll have a busload, like two, three big busloads of immigration buses filling them up. And sending them back to their deportation, back to their countries. But it's like those are two, three years that we paid for because of our immigration system. And it's so we're so backed up. We're so overran. And in us, our policies, whatever's in place, that's what turns into it. Right. That's kind of like the the overflow of the spillage of our our current policies. Yep. Dude, that was in 2007, bro. 2008. Fuck. Uh, so you're, you're going back to Bush. Like, you know, we, right. we've, yeah, we've said it. It's, it's probably been this way for close to 20 years. I don't think it gained any form of attention until, you know, 07, 08. And then, you know, everybody kind of forgot about it. And uh, now it's coming to the forefront because Trump is president and everybody's looking for every last little thing that's going on. That's, that's the only thing that bothered me is like, man, Everyone's looking to demonize this dude. Whether you hate him or you love him, it doesn't matter. But don't just look for things to get mad about. Blame him and then later be like, whoops, we were wrong again. It wasn't him. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Because it just looks bad. It's like that just looks that, – that shows how unintelligent people are by just pointing the finger and then wait, wait, I didn't even research this. I'm wrong. This has been like this for years. Like, yeah, for years. And we're out there doing our best to try and provide the service that we're, 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 we've sworn to. And then we get shit on because – who knows why, right? Like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's, it's again, it's one of those things where it's finally come to a head where somebody's trying to do something about it. Because otherwise, yeah. you could just let this continue. And, you know, look, I, I, I know you're in Los Angeles currently right now. Um, yeah. Uh, you, you'll, you'll be aware of this when they start taking taxes out of that Mayans money, but, uh, you're, you're going to be taxed a lot on that California tax. And you're like, fuck, where the fuck is all this money going? Um, Oh bro. And it's, I get, I get taxed so hard here. I enjoy it because (laughs) so at the end of the year, I might have our tax return finally. Yeah, you, you will. I, I can promise you that. And, and, and again, like I was trying to explain to people, like after living there for, you know, 17 years, I was just, they were like, I don't understand why you're not rich. And I was like, well, a lot of my money is going to California taxes and it's simply to pay for Im- immigration because everybody comes in usually around the California border. Um, yeah. Los Angeles is 83% Latino. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of these people, um, who, who come to our country for the first time, uh, they've got to learn English. They got to find jobs. You know, some of them go on welfare, uh, to get there, you know, while they're going through their hardships and all that shit. But we're as taxpayers, Americans are paying for that. 
So yeah. it's uh, I mean, it, you know, the pro- the hardest thing to watch is that is is watching the prison system. If people knew more how, just start looking into the private prisons and watch how much money they make, and that's all based on needs of housing, and a lot of that is immigration, dude, and it's fucking crazy. Because what Trump just signed recently is something that's already been uh, on on board uh, for half of the border. In the Texas South South Texas border, there's an operation called Operation Streamline. Operation Streamline, if you cross the border illegally, you're already going to be apprehended as if it's a felony. You're going to be doing jail time automatically. And that's just to kind of hopefully deter people from coming over. Like, listen, you're going to go to prison. You come over, you're going to prison. Fuck you. You come over once, you're going to prison 30 days. You come over twice, fucking two years. You come over three times, you're in there for a while. And that's say, stop fucking breaking the laws. Get the fuck out of here. Hopefully, that message gets sent down the road so people don't do it. Which, it wasn't the case in a lot of other borders. San Diego, you could come across four, five, six times. And then finally, they're like, all right, fuck, let's prosecute this asshole. He keeps coming. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now they made it so it's going to be illegal across the border. People, everyone is going to see jail time, which imagine what that's going to do to our prison systems. I guarantee stalking CCA is going to go up. CCA is a private prison facility. It's going to go fucking through the roof because they're going to start paying these motherfuckers more money to house more illegals. Because how many fucking people are going to come across and get have to do jail time? There's no uh, room in the prison. No, there's there's no room in the prisons. And I, I don't know if you heard what happened in the last couple of days, but uh, it, it, they're they're now telling military bases that they've got to they've got to take them and house them. So they're going to s- happen. Dude, that happened in 2014 with the kids. Military bases were receiving all the kids and watching them at the daycares. Really? Yes, dude. Yeah. So uh, recently, as of 48 hours ago, um, San Francisco, they're going to start housing some of them there. And they're, and, uh, and then down by uh, Camp Pendleton in uh, San Diego, they're going to start housing them there in, in some form of tent, tent city format is what they're going to do. I'll tell, tell you this, man. This is an issue we're going to have for many, many years. This isn't the downfall of America. This isn't, this isn't, oh, my God, here we go. We're all crumbling down. No, this is just one other issue that we have, and somehow we need to figure out a policy that's going to be beneficial. The uh, uh, illegal immigrants are not going to be happy because it's not going to be easy to come across. Sorry it, for any immigrants to come across. It's not. There's a process, and it's going to have to stay that process. Does it need to get fixed where it's probably a little bit more streamlined for the people that are that have good records and, and want to come here and show they can provide? Why not? But again, that's so much. there's so many layers to that shit that I don't understand it. I just think like this is just one of the issues for some reason got highlighted to fucking bring light to a situation that should have been fucking highlighted 15 fucking years ago. Yeah. And the, and the other thing about it that uh, I found striking and you can tell me if this is true or false is uh, that only 30 percent that are coming over from the border are, are actually Mexican. Is that true? Yes, it is true. They, and it might even be less. If you look at those numbers, they might even be less because I remember at one point it was somewhere around 20 percent. Cause no you, get, shit. you got, you got Mexican and then you got other than Mexican OTMs and OTMs, dude, the deportation is obviously twice as expensive. Cause you have to send them all the way back to the country. I, you know, I know, I know. Yeah. I never even thought about that. That's crazy. Yeah. And so a lot of the guys, a lot of these people are coming from way down South. They're, they're jumping on, on trains, riding to the top of the trains for days, get close enough to Mexico, walk all the way up to the border. Man, that, that, that's it's it's almost unbelievable to hear where you're like, man, I, I, I can't believe it. Um, well, well, look, you being a Mexican-American, how did your parents get over here? If you don't mind me asking. How did no, your family get here? So, no, it's cool. Um, my great grandfather crossed early on. He was a he used to break uh, horses for the for the army back in the day. And he came across back at a time that wasn't really this 
border issue. It's just kind of, but they're all from El Paso, right? So they're in Juarez and it just kind of creeped over and eventually they kind of settled right there in El Paso. And that's how they came across. His next kid was a citizen. You know, and my grandfather was a citizen when he was born because it's just by the fact of my uncle came across and was training horses in stage here. Gotcha. And, and what year you was know? that? Oh, fuck. I can't even tell you, bro. I can't even tell you. 40s, 50s, uh, somewhere my, in my, there? My, my grandfather is somewhere around 90-something when he passed, right? So Wow. And then and it hit, so it was probably 150 years ago, 160 years ago. Shit. Well, then, ba- well back then, there was no border. Look, we didn't have yeah, any of this just, shit now, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then my grandmother, crazy story, she actually took the identity of her sister, who her sister was born in America, and she wasn't. You're kidding. Her sister, now, her sister died at a young age, and her parents said, fuck this, here's your new name, get out of here. Boom, she's an American citizen. <laughs> no fucking way. Yeah. That's, some... that's a fucking honest-to-God story right there, dude. <laughs> that's some cold-blooded shit. Look, you're staying here. Here's the thing. You're now your sister. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, your sister <laughs> passed away, and we're sad, but now you have a life in America. Bye. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, but that's how, that's how, I mean, think about it, dude. Yeah. 75, 80 years ago, you wanted to be here, bro, because you knew this was the place. Oh, look, 100%. Look, to to, to me, it's still the place now. And it's not that I don't understand people who are trying to cross to have a better life or what their idea is of a better life. But, you know, you'd take the little girl who was on the the cover of Time with Trump that they, you know, they cut out the other day. And then they found out. Yeah, yeah. That they found out two days later. They were like, oh, she was actually never separated from her mom whatsoever. And the dad had a great job uh in honduras and was just like dude i don't even know why they left like we were doing great here so um it, it's it's a strange circumstance where you're like yeah uh what- hey ross i gotta wrap this up i am so sorry dude i gotta head back inside and finish up this process with my new phone no worries man hey wh- wh- while i got you here uh yeah, as always you you know the drill who's your drinking bro of the week uh i'd have to say it's kurt sutter man Kurt Sutter is my drinking bro of the week. Uh, he was he was just in the room and and saw something in me and gave me an opportunity that forever I'm gonna be uh, you know indebted to him. That he saw something in me and I hope that I can repay him tenfold and and I hope I can make the drinking bros community proud to see that I'm doing what I wanted to do and and I'm and I'm just trying to do justice by it. Absolutely. And for those who don't know, Kurt Sutter was the creator um, of Sons of Anarchy. He's the creator of of the Mayans and uh, one of the most gifted uh, television producers we have in our industry today. Rocco, remind the audience where they can find you across all social media. Yep. Go check me out at Vincent Rocco Vargas on Facebook. On Instagram, it's vincent.rocco.vargas. You guys know my podcast is Vinny Rock Podcast. It comes and goes when I have the time to do it. Uh, go check that out. And again, don't forget, I start a barbershop in downtown Salt Lake City. If you're in Salt Lake City, please stop by Throwbacks Barber Company. It's in, uh, it's right there at Black Salt. It's 930, uh, 9.30 South Main, Salt Lake City, Utah. Hit me up anytime, guys. I'll answer any questions you have. Yes, we love Luke Webster and the boys. We love those products. And uh, we love Will XX. Is he still tattooing there? He is, man. Hell he yeah. Is. Hell yeah. Well, Rocco, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. We know you were extremely uh, fucking busy these days, and we appreciate you, you, you stopping by, dude. We love you, buddy. 